Welcome everybody to nwczradio.com, channel one's down the rabbit hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And it is post-Thanksgiving. We're still alive. We're still, uh, we're not asleep or curled up on a couch. That's partly, I don't eat turkey, so. (laughs) I did. I smoked turkey and I smoked a ham and they came out delicious. So. Nice. It was a lot of work. uh, We did ham and really ham potatoes deviled eggs pie and fruit salad and that was it but i like deviled eggs that sounds good yeah and so i mean that's but for us like our family it's so funny because like growing up my kids we didn't have turkey a lot unless we went somewhere else because me and amber neither one of us like turkey yeah so why would you have it at your house yes so the kids weren't used to it so they never really had it so when zoe got married her husband doesn't like turkey either so he's like oh perfect He's like, I don't like turkey either. I prefer ham. So it's like, yeah, you fit in perfectly, kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting, too. Every year, there's always some kind of question or th- there's a topic that goes around, whether it be on news radio or social media or whatever. And it seemed to me this year, the big question, the big debate was if you could remove one side from your traditional Thanksgiving meal, what would it be? And I think, who comes up with this and how does that become a thing? I've never understood how, is it just a memo that goes out to everybody and like, this is topic of conversation. How does it take off? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like, I, I, I'd remove all of them. I mean, for me, it's like, I don't, I don't like green bean casserole. I don't like yams. I don't like sweet potatoes. I mean, why are you putting mush or freaking marshmallows on freaking potatoes? I mean, none of it does anything for me so like the foods that we had that's like perfect that's all i want (laughs) everyone has different sides oh they do like we have mashed potatoes and we had cranberry sauce and we had um a variety of vegetables not just green beans there were some uh i think some snap green beans or whatever but no casseroles and we had stuffing and see, we did have cranberry, but I won't go because my wife refuses to get real cranberry sauce. It's just that like gelatin crap that comes out of the can. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> if I can cut my cranberry sauce with a knife, it's not real cranberry sauce. No, I call that the red spam. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, first we have to start off by letting you know, you can reach us at down the RH at protonmail.com down the RH at protonmail.com got some really nice emails and some some pretty cool information from listeners this week been looking mm-hmm. into some of that and also of course we got to thank friendsradionetwork.com and nwczradio.com channel 1 for carrying the program and you for listening we do greatly yeah. appreciate that so we we're, would be nowhere without the listeners i actually we'd be doing this anyway but we we wouldn't be have all the the info and some of the stuff we get a lot of cool stuff because of you guys so yeah, so keep it coming. You find interesting things that relate to what we've talked about or something we haven't covered, we we need to talk about or look further into, do not hesitate to send it along. We enjoy that. Yes, we do. I mean, it is very nice to hear your guys' thoughts on some of the stuff we do and, I mean, different ideas. I mean, there we... It's like we said, we're never going to run out of topics, I don't think. But sometimes we get stuck in this rut of do we really want to talk about this one or is there something else our listeners want to listen to? So occasionally it's nice to get, you know, listeners saying, Hey, what about this one? Exactly. And a lot of our topics, you'd be surprised how many of our topics have come from a listener saying, Hey, what about this? Oh, lots of times. Absolutely. So we are chugging along through our series on the Illuminati bloodlines. And I think we're down to our last couple of episodes. Yeah. We are, but it's kind of one of those things we were talking about in the beginning. Is some of it depends on which list you're going off of. So like tonight's topic, according to Fritz Springmeier's list, which most people consider one of the, the biggest lists, they're a minor. Yeah, and I'm going to have to... agree with. The, yeah, this is where I'm going to have to disagree with Fritz Springmeier on this. And I don't know if it's because at the time he was doing his research, there was not as much information publicly available about this group or if he just didn't feel they carried the weight of some of the other families. But the more I researched into the Reynolds family for today, I do not believe they're a minor player at all. 
No. And I know one of the 13th ones, the, the 13 that Fritz puts in that isn't in some of the other lists. It's an interesting one that I've looked into a little bit, and it seems like it's very hard to get information, and the bloodline weaves in and out of the other 12. And there's a lot of that. I'm sure there yes. are minor families because this is, it's a huge organization. It's, when we say these mm -hmm. are the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati, these are the, according to most people who have researched this, these are the top of the chain, yeah. but it's a long chain. Oh, it is. It would be, you know, it's kind of like you, you, we go back to politics with Republicans and Democrats. The only, it's not, if you say, oh, Republicans, Democrats are just the ones that are in the Senate. No, that's just the, that's the iceberg. That's the tip. Exactly. You know, and these 13 families are the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more underneath. So many other families, so many other people that are kind of intertwined where it may not be the whole family, but parts of it. So yeah, there's a lot more to this. And I believe there are people on top of them that we do not yes. know. Well, it's like we've said before, I, I think if the, if somehow, some way the, the Illuminati ever finally stepped out of the shadows and said, Hey, we're here. We are your, your leaders. We are your dictators. The people that would step out in front and be like, we are the ones running this. You would look right at them and go, who? Yeah. You'd have to do some research to figure out who are they, where were they, where are they from? What have they been doing and how did they become so successful? It would, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those things where it's somebody that even like doing research would be tough to find. That'd be one of those things. Like it's a family that was in power. Like maybe the one thirteenth family that I was just mentioning that doesn't seem to like interweaves, but doesn't have a whole lot of information on them. Maybe they really are a huge part of it. They're just so far back in the shadows that we don't see it. Hopefully one day we'll find out. Hopefully I one hope so. day the world will find out. But the topic of today is the Reynolds family. And if you go to Fritz Sprenmeyer's book, he does say that he believes they are a minor part. He also says the Reynolds family is uh, not one of the 13 primary bloodlines, but they are such a prominent Illuminati family that he has decided to sing them, single them out for uh, research. He says that uh, they are aligned with many other bloodlines in the Illuminati, such as the Rothschilds, DuPonts, Rockefellers. And that is true. If you go back into how these people marry and who they match their kids up with, how they do business, it's a never-ending weave of connections. Yes. It's a lot like, you know, we see in the, the early times of the royals when you had the, the blue bloods who basically didn't want to taint the blood. So they just kept passing people back and forth between the families. That's what's kind of happened here. It's the same thought process of we have to keep the bloodlines pure. So they pass back and forth between the 13th, 13 bloodlines. And you'll see some of them where they all of a sudden get taken out like Different people suddenly in the bloodlines, and we mentioned a few as we've talked about other ones where all of a sudden, like, this person's no longer, like, they're not a part of the bloodline anymore because they decided to marry out. They married a peasant. Or they marry other bloodlines and change their name, although they maintain the status of their original name. Yes. According to the Temporary National Economic Committee of Congress in 1937 which studied the rich uh, among America, they found that the Dukes and the Reynolds were among the top 13 wealthiest families in America. And apparently there is a very close relationship between the Dukes and the Reynolds family. Uh, one example is the Duke-Reynolds joint project called the Research Triangle Foundation. And there will be some others that we talk about. So, Again, back to the proof that these guys all hang out together, form committees together, hide their money together. The Reynolds are no different. No, not at all. Let's go into the history of basically what we know about most of these families. There are three main companies that I found that in the United States that tie themselves back to the Reynolds. And one of them started in 1866, I believe, and it was formerly known as Reynolds and Garner. It's the Reynolds and Reynolds Company, and they're based out of Dayton, Ohio. And it provides uh, business forms, management software, professional services to car dealerships, and also it produces forms used in medicine and insurance. So it's kind of a legal company. 
and it was found a long time ago, and it's still going to, to, to this day. We all know about R.J. Reynolds Tobacco. Yes. Uh, 1913, Reynolds Tobacco introduced Camel cigarettes, and off to the races they went. And by, I don't know, the 20s and the 30s, they were absolutely rolling in the dough. And then they acquired Nabisco brand. And because, again, we know how they do this. They have these partner companies. So if people come at them and say, wow, tobacco is horrible, it's terrible, we can't have that. And they're like, wait, what are you talking about? We do crackers. Yes. <laughs> and cookies. We're, that's, another, that's a whole other division. And we really, I mean, our name's on it, but we really don't have that much to do with it. And that's, that's very typical. Um, you see that a lot with things. It's like one of those things that it was... I was talking to someone the other day about the whole idea of the philanthropic giving away money and doing all this stuff. It's like it's a way to look over here and how great I am, not over here at the evil stuff I'm doing. And I think that's the same thing with R.J. Reynolds company. You know, everyone knows them for tobacco, but then they buy craft. They've bought a couple other food companies and stuff like that. They're like, no, we're providing for the sick. We're, we're, we give away a bunch of this stuff, too, so that people have food and they have everything else. We're feeding the hungry. We are doing God's work. And then it's like, but on the other side, you, you, you're, you're killing everybody. Yeah, because the, uh, the third main, as, as far as in the public's eye, is, is Reynolds Aluminum. Richard S. Reynolds, who started the aluminum business, he was, uh, his uncle was R.J. Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And so he worked for him at Reynolds Tobacco, learned the trade, and when World War I started coming around, he realized there's this need for aluminum. And he got a huge loan, of course, from his uncle and who knows who else. And then the rest is history. Now they make everything. It, you look at Reynolds Aluminum Company, they're into anything related to aluminum plus. Yeah, so, which a lot of people don't have, don't realize it's the same family they think because reynolds is kind of a common name like everyone that knows my real last name is james yeah <laughs> it is such a common last name that you know if someone says oh are you related probably maybe somehow who knows but it's one of the most common english names you know last names in the world you know so it's kind of like reynolds isn't that common but it's pretty common so, but people don't realize that Reynolds Aluminum and R.J. Reynolds are one family in the same. Absolutely. And through history, we have many Reynolds tied to secret organizations. You had Joseph Melvin Reynolds, who was part of the Cosmos Club. You had A. Williams Reynolds, part of the Council on Foreign Relations. Richard Reynolds Jr. was part of the Pilgrim Society. You had Marshall S. Reynolds. He is a 33rd degree Mason. And then there's a whole ton of them. I'm not going to name them all that are all sec 32nd degree Masons. Some of them mm -hmm. grand, grand Lodge secretaries and so forth. Very, very involved. Then you had Alex Reynolds, J. Hyatt Reynolds, and T. Spalling Reynolds, all part of the Knights Templar Masons. And John Charles Reynolds, who was in the Knights of Malta. So you had all these guys who are heads of their respective corners of the Reynolds family. And the, these aren't just your average Joes. The, these guys were very powerful. They were all involved in the company. They're all very wealthy. And they're all part of these secret societies. Yeah. The other thing that we know that Illuminati families do, this is another hallmark move, is their foundations and their charities and so forth. And one of the things the Reynolds did that I thought was interesting is they hooked up with the Duke family, the Dukes, to shield a lot of their wealth. I saw that. I was reading a lot. I was reading into the, the Dukes and I was trying to get more. It's, you can see it, but it's also hidden. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think the reason they did that, and from what I can basically glean from the information, is that the Dukes were much better at accounting and, I'll just say, finances. 
mm-hmm. whereas the Reynolds were more the manufacturing side and the strong arm side. Uh, because if you look at the history of any of these country uh, companies, they this was you know, before any kind of regulations, or it was yep. early in the days of regulations. They were they were thugs, is what they were. Yeah. And they would go in and threaten and they would or buy out or pressure companies to either join them or fold. And that's how they got so huge. And it's yeah. not much different than what Bill Gates and a lot of the ones today do it because they all follow the same model, which has been set up by the Illuminati. Yeah, it's not a lot different than standard steel. We were talking about the Rothschilds, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. So the Rothschilds and Standard Steel. So, I mean, it's a lot, not any real different than that. But I did see a lot of tw- intertwinings with the Dukes. And I think maybe that's maybe why Fritz put them as a minor, because there was a lot of, but I think it was, I think they used the Dukes to make it seem like they were less. See, I would put the Dukes as a minor if I, w- if I was creating my tree. Yeah. They're I think in- the Dukes should be a minor, yes. Yeah, they're involved they're doing, you know, some of the the shady deals and stuff on the side as far as uh, hiding the money. And I don't know exactly how involved they are. Maybe they're may- more major than I could find because I was mostly zeroed in on the rentals. But the Dukes kept coming up. They did. And one of the things that I kind of looked at when I saw the Dukes is they didn't just keep coming up with the rentals. They also popped up in a couple of the other families. So I think the Dukes were one of those like behind, kind of like we talked about with the Bundys, yes. where the Bundys are back behind in the in the shadows doing a lot of the movement and i think the dukes are one of those ones i think they're the ones that have control of the money and they were like you said they're good with finances so they helped the rothschilds they helped you know the the other elite basically is like hey we'll help you handle your money so that we can do this and we can grow because you see that a lot within the very first couple years where they have problems with money issues where they have all this money and not knowing what the hell to do with it all and then all of a sudden they have this, something happens where suddenly they get control of it. And I think that's when, you know, the Illuminati maybe steps in and says, hey, here, Dukes, go help them. It also tells me why, if you look at the entertainment industry, which we know is tied to the Illuminati, why mm-hmm. they have, because those guys are all actors or uh, athletes or musicians or whatever. And yeah. in my experience, they're all terrible businessmen, may with the exception of a few. Yeah. And that's why they have entourages and handlers and all these people around them. And most of them don't even know who they are. They're just assigned to them. Yeah. So here are some and of the fa- I think that's who the Dukes are. They're the ones that get assigned to say, hey, these guys are really good at making money, but not good at doing anything with it. So here, you need to go help them work with their money. Right. I do believe that when the Reynolds started, especially the tobacco company, and maybe they were innocent, I don't know, but... At some point, they got approached and said, hey, you want to be super successful? You want to be really big? Because, hey, we think we can use your product for what we want to accomplish, and we can make you wealthy beyond your wildest imagination. And then as the Reynolds agreed to it and their company grew and they gained more power and bought into the system of the Illuminati, they moved Mm -hmm. up the chain. Yeah. Well, here's some of the foundations that I found that are connected to the Reynolds. There's the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation. It's, that one started in 1936. Kate B. Reynolds Foundation started in 46. Richard S. Reynolds Foundation established in 55. The Mary Reynolds Babcock Foundation and the Duke Endowment. Uh, there was also the Donald W. Reynolds Foundation and the Kate B. Reynolds Healthcare Trust. There is also a John A. McMahon, Duke University grad, who had a bunch of connections to the Reynolds, and he was overseeing most of these, and he was the chairman on the board of trustees at uh, Duke University, and was head of the advisory board at the Kate B. Reynolds Healthcare Trust. There were not separate heads of these foundations. They generally appointed a person or two to run them all. Which is very unusual. Yeah. For instance, Edwin C. Whitehead, who was the chairman of Technicon Corporation, he worked for both Duke 
and Rockefeller interest. Whitehead was a trustee of both Duke University and Rockefeller University. He's also been charged in several New World organizations promoting one world government. For uh, instance, he was also the governor of the UN Association. And he worked for Rockefeller, Dukes, and Reynolds. Never heard of him. So like you said, when they step out of the shadow, you're like, who? Who are these guys? Well, and I think that's one thing we're going to find because I'm noticing it more and more as we go through. There's a lot of these names where all of a sudden you find out like this guy, random person we've never heard of suddenly pops up in, you know, every family we're looking at or multiple families. And you're like, wait a minute, who is this guy? And then you figure out that, oh, well, yeah, he's just some random person that's probably a higher up in the Illuminati who, you know, just is somebody we've never heard of because he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be known because the way he does his job so well is because he, nobody knows who he is. Yeah, so according no, to this uh, this one article I was reading, and it was talking about the, again, the Duke's connection with the Reynolds and how they connected and some of them married and they mer- they basically merged as families in a way. Then it says, the Dukes intermarried with the Biddies who worked with the Rothschilds. The Dukes also intermarried, and when, you say, when I say Dukes, just go slash Dukes Reynolds. They intermarried with the Drexels, who in turn intermarried with the uh, Harrimans and Goulds. Nicholas Biddle was a trustee of William Astor of the Astor family. And then it goes on, the Morgan firm uh, is affiliated with banks, and the Vanderbilts, the Goulds, Drexels, Wideners, Berwins, Hills, Dukes, McCormicks, DuPonts, uh, and it goes on and on. Vanderbilts, it goes on and on and on. All of these Illuminati yeah. families. So the connections are there. It's unbelievable. It is. It's quite interesting to see the the way these tie. And that's one of the things I think once we've gone down this, you know, when we first started going down the 13 bloodlines, I didn't realize how much they were going to intertwine like they do. Whereas we have so many people that, you know, I, I, like I said, I think, you know, and we both have said, I think are handlers, they're handlers for these, these families that say, Hey, you're part of the Illuminati. You're part of our family. We're going to protect you. We're going to make sure you can do all this stuff and you can make money, but you got to deal with our handlers to make sure you don't get out of line. Yeah. I found this article and I thought this was interesting. This was actually written by a student of Wake Forest. And I'm trying to, the, this, this was, came out six years ago. According to this student, she was sitting in Com 225 in what seemed like a typical Tuesday morning when all of a sudden her professor hit us with a heck of a, a campus conspiracy theory. He posed the question, does part of our tuition go to fund the Illuminati? She said, not being much of a conspiracist and knowing next to nothing about the Illuminati, I set out to investigate. How is there a possible connection between Wake Forest and the Illuminati? How is this real? Well, here's what she found. What can be confirmed for certain is that the Reynolds family gave tons of money and basically set up this college. For example, there's the Z. Smith Reynolds Library, the Reynolds Gym, the Reynolds Hall, Even the campus is named the Renolda Campus. There are main reasons our campus is even in Winston-Salem. Our connection to the Reynolds family, however, may mean we're connected to a lot more than we bargained for. And then she references uh, the book, The Bloodlines of the Illuminati, where the Reynolds was known to be a prominent family of the Illuminati. And she says, I suppose the connection between the Reynolds family and the Illuminati makes sense. They're a financially elite family and contributed lots of money to various organizations. The Illuminati is known for contributing to uh, in order to further reach its end goal of controlling society. Additionally, she says, the Reynolds family is said to be connected to several prominent satanic bloodlines. She concludes by saying, it seems this old Wake Forest conspiracy really just boils down to whether the Illuminati is real or not. If the Illuminati is real... Our tuition could very well be going to it. She says, after all, the evidence pointing to the Reynolds family as a prominent Illuminati family is too great to ignore. So if you're going to Wake Forest or you donate 
to Wake Forest or whatever, whatever connection you buy their merch or you're a fan or whatever, it's all Reynolds. And it's run by now by Reynolds Family, Reynolds Foundations, and the, the money that you're pouring in there is going to the Illuminati. You have to wonder how many are there like this? Probably a few. I mean, there's a few. I mean, just about how many colleges were started by one of these families? I'm just talking off the top of my head. I did no research on this, but I wonder, is Duke University named after the Duke family? I don't know that. I don't know. That's a good question. So, But it is one of those things. I mean, it's how many of these other ones are. I mean, I'm, I'm betting we can probably go through. If we checked all the universities, especially the big ones, we probably got a bunch that are named after, you know, or were started by someone from one of these families. Oh, absolutely. Because that, they again, they hide their money. They put their money into these things. And they are not going to, we've talked about this before. They're not giving money to be generous. They're giving money for some sort of, some sort of payout, whether it be power or a return on investment or clout or whatever. They, these people are not just handing money out because we have too much and we want to see you do well. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on there. I also noticed this when you we were talking about um, their foundations and stuff. There was a report put out in 1984 by, this is the only one I could find, it's by the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation. It comes out of North Carolina about who they gave money to and how much they gave it to or how much they gave. A lot of colleges on here. Oh, yeah. I thought this was interesting. They gave to an organization called Child Watch, a lot to Planned Parenthood. They gave to the University of North Carolina. Another weird one, Advocates for Children in Court. A lot of things, that child care resources, women abuse shelters, a lot of weird stuff, a rape crisis center. In my opinion, a lot of things that... <laughs> go to the conspiracy theory that you know they funnel these kids and all these these well broken women in as their playthings. Well, where would they get them? Let's make a couple of connections there and it starts making sense why they're giving a bunch of money to these places. Well it's like we found with a lot of these people that are philanthropic. They're they're philanthropic because it gets them something. It helps their agenda. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. It's why we get a lot of these when we did the Bill Gates episode and everyone freaked out that we were saying such horrible things about this great man, Bill Gates. It's like, no. So we give some money to some, he's philanthropic, give some money to some organizations that all benefit his, you know, agenda. And that's what a lot of these did. By the way, I did look it up. Duke is named after a Duke. Doesn't surprise me. So there you go. The connections are coming clear. One of the things that I found, and you probably found this too, is that like many of these families, there's a certain branch of them that are satanic. I don't know how else to put it. They're into mm -hmm. the occult. They're into Satanism. And not the Satanism like I, I think, and I'm not sure, did I do an episode on what the, I don't think I have yet, but on the idea that most modern Satanists believe that Satan isn't real. They don't believe in God or Satan. Most modern Satanists, like the Church of Satan, is all about how it's an anti-religion religion, if that makes sense. When we're talking Satanists in a cult with most of these people, we're talking literally worshiping Satan as their God. Oh, yeah. They believe he's real. They believe he got a raw deal. I think we've gone down that before. Yeah. So here's some... Reynolds, who have written books that will tell you how they're thinking. You had Barrio Gordon Robert Reynolds, who authored the book in 1963, Magic, Divination, and Witchcraft. And then in 1977, Charles R. Reynolds, along with Regina Reynolds, authored a book called 100 Years of Magic Posters. You also had David K.R. Reynolds authored Naken, it's N-A-I-K-A-N, -I -I, so I think it's Naken, Psychotherapy, Meditation for Self-Development. Then there was Denise A.R. Reynolds, who wrote Sensitive Thoughts for the New Wave Soul. 
And you had Jane Reynolds wrote Cosmobiology. And Manny R. Reynolds with her husband wrote Three Worlds According to King Ruana, a Thai Buddhist cosmology <laughs> guide to Buddhist religion. To, I don't know. It's a long title. So you had these, these authors who were writing about all these different, and not that Buddhism is a cult, but I did look it up, and it's this sort of mystical version of Thai Buddhism, which is an off-branch of Buddhism, and it's very mystical. Well, that's one thing a lot of people got to understand. Some of these religions and some, even Christianity has offshoots that, you know, like with Mormonism, we went down the whole thing of Mormons. That's an offshoot of Christianity. Just because, you know, some Buddhists are a little mystical doesn't mean they're all. Oh, yeah. You have Santeria as an offshoot of of Catholicism. And even in the Mormons, they have some offshoots. And you you have all kind of different offshoots of every, I'll just say, mainline denomination. But the point is, is that they are bucking, I'll just say, the mainline denomination to create fractures. And the ultimate goal is to break them all down. Because they do not like religion at all, especially organized religion in any way, shape, or form. And one of their goals is to break it all down and establish the new world religion to go along with the new world order. Yeah, And that's documented over and over again. I don't even think that's a conspiracy. It's, it's pretty much out there. Now, there is some modern examples of the Reynolds who are involved with uh, supposedly with the Illuminati or getting out of it or had enough of it. And I could not tell if this was a prank or not. But are you familiar with Dan Reynolds from the band Imagine Dragons? I mean, I've heard of him just because I've really heard of Imagine Dragons, but I'm not like a huge fan. So Right. They're based out of, I think, Las Vegas, and he's the lead singer. And on TikTok... In 2017, I believe it was, he did a series of about three or four videos where he is talking about how he's had enough, the Illuminati's real, they they approached him, they offered him, he claims that's how the band got successful in the first place and that they wanted to use them and he named off a bunch of artists that are in the Illuminati, and he said, you know, I might be dead or I'm in big trouble because I'm putting this out there, and then shut it down. And I tried to find follow-ups to it, whether he's ever addressed it again, whether he came out and said, I was just punking everybody, or, you know, I was, my meds were off. I couldn't find any follow-up. Now, if you out there know more about this story, and you have some follow-up to it, I would appreciate it because I don't want to be giving bad information. However, I'm going to put the link in the show notes because if you watch this, it's about, I think all together, the video clip of him talking is about four minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And he says these outrageous things. And again, he could be joking. He could just be spoofing his audience or trying to draw attention to himself i don't know but he does call out several entertainers and he's i think one's chris martin and he talks about a lot of popular bands and says yeah they're all silent right now they won't say anything but they're all part of it too and he is from the reynolds family Hmm. and then also i found this guy And he's quite interesting. And he wrote a book and he's done several interviews. His name is Nathan Reynolds. And he claims to be an ex-Illuminati bloodline family member from the ancient bloodline of the Reynolds. He has a book out. It's called Snatch from the Flames, One Man's Journey to Uncover the Family Secrets Buried in His Bloodstained Past. And it was written July 23rd, 2018. And there, I've watched two or three videos of him being interviewed, and then he did uh, a whole series of shorts that were up on YouTube, and they've all disappeared. Hmm. I've only found one link, and it's on 
It's a website called IlluminatiCelebrities.com where there are a couple of them that are still up there because they captured them. But if you go, if you look up Nathan Reynolds exposes Illuminati or any, any kind of keyword like that on YouTube, they're all, they've all been taken down. All the links are broken and says it doesn't exist. When it's one of those things, and I think, and we've seen this before, where all of a sudden, you know, it happened when we were doing the Bill Gates thing, where all of a sudden we were, here's this article, here's this link to a Bill Gates, you know, doing this, and all of a sudden, like, you would finish watching it, want to re, you know, rewatch it, so you because it was something you wanted to grab like a soundbite from, and it's gone. And that's what I think we see here with Illuminati, where all of a sudden someone comes out and says, "Hey, I'm going to tell you the truth about this. You got about thirty seconds to see that, and if not, it's gone." Because somebody else within the Illuminati is like, oh, somebody, you know, somebody's telling our truths. We need to make that go away. According to this Nathan Reynolds, he was obviously born into the Reynolds family. I don't know that he ever, and maybe because he wants you to read his book, I, I never heard him say exactly which Reynolds he came from. But he does speak about witnessing pedophilia, witnessing child sacrifice, he believes that the global elites are running this present world, the, the one we're in right now. He explains how that's going on. He explains being a kid and them using mind control on him, much like we've talked about, like MK Ultra is how they raise these kids. And the thing that I found most interesting, because you have to take this guy at his word, obviously, and I haven't read his book, so I don't know what kind of factual backing he has. But there was an interview with his wife, and he wasn't there. She did just an interview talk, interviewer talking with her. And she tells these stories of when they first got married, how he would just be lost in thought. Sometimes it was like he would check out, and he would have nightmares, and all these things, because apparently he, became a, he left, became a Christian, and then realized what was going on and that this wasn't normal and so he fighting to expose it but he hadn't told her like any of the details and she explained a lot about their early relationship where he frankly scared her to death and so i thought that was interesting i don't know again i don't know if they came together and had a conversation and they got their stories straight and this is just a rouge or not because i've not read this book but his name is Nathan Reynolds. I did look him up. He does have a history of coming from the a Reynolds family, and I looked, kind of followed it a little bit. And they were definitely involved in some of the Reynolds businesses. So who knows? Hmm. Interesting. Then that brings us to Ryan Reynolds. And a lot of people are going to go, oh, now you guys have really, really jumped the shark here. But hang with me for a moment. got to jump it eventually. Yeah, hang, hang, hang with me for a second. Because Ryan Rodney Reynolds was born in 1976 in Vancouver. And his dad was James Chester Reynolds, who was a Royal Canadian Mounted Police his paternal grandfather, Chester Reynolds, was a farmer who represented uh, Stetler in the Legislative Assembly from Alberta to from 1940 to 1944. And he, his grand, his, so his paternal grandfather goes back to the Irish-Scottish ancestry of the Reynolds here in America. He had moved up there. Mm -hmm. um, I think California or something. So he has pedigree and he does go back. Because if you, okay, so if you look at Chester Reynolds, he was born, actually, he was born in Chicago, Illinois to W.F. Yes. Reynolds. And he immigrated up to Canada and then got involved in law and all this different stuff. So definitely from the, from the Reynolds line. Okay, so what does that have to do with actor Ryan Reynolds? Well, Obviously, there was his quick rise to fame and, and all this stuff. And if you read into his bio, it, it's a standard story. However, there is a, there's an article here that I found from Glamour Magazine. This is from May 8, 2018. 
the hidden message you probably missed in the Blake Lively Met Gala 2018 outfit. So Blake Lively and her husband Ryan Reynolds and their daughters were at this Met Gala and Blake Lively is wearing this very regal dress, very ornate, obviously worth a ton of money, jewels all over it. Well, on the dress is this Reynolds crest. And the Reynolds crest is the shape of a cross. And on each of the four points, there's a jewel with a letter in the middle, B, R, J, and I. The first initials of each member of the Reynolds Lively family. And if you look, and then she has above it, there is this woven in, it's like a kind of like a sacred heart motif. And there's a person, it is really weird. There's a person in front of it that looks straight out of eyes wide shut. They have one of the creepy white masks on. And it, this person has a, a blue shawl and one arm coming out from under it, uh, pointing towards this heart. Well, you follow the trail on those. And this, so the Reynolds crest is the Illuminati Reynolds crest. And they, part of the way that the family, as they present themselves, when you start your own family of Reynolds, you carry the family crest and you replace. So let's say I'm growing up with my parents. It would be our four initials. But when I get married and have two kids or whatever, I take my initial, move it over, and then add the initials of the new Reynolds. you get it? Mm-hmm. And this is straight from, this is an absolute 100% Illuminati sign. And then this sacred heart with this person in front of it, if you know about the, the secret veil, you know about, and I don't know for a fact, but if you look at the top of this heart, it looks like two pistols facing each other. It's very, very strange. But more strange is the person in the image because there's no reason for that person to be there. It has nothing to do with this really nice, what would normally just be a heart with some sun rays coming off of it, very ornate. But there's, if you've ever seen Eyes Wide Shut or you've seen the, any of the uh, videos of pop stars that have the creepy people with the white mask and uh, you know blank face covered up with like a sheet or a robe, you you know what that means. It's that's yeah. a reduced personality. That means you're not your own. That means you're acting. And this is Ryan Reynolds' wife at the Met Gallery. So there's definitely a connection. I'm not saying Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is in the Illuminati, but he's definitely part of the Reynolds clan. And his wife is wearing an Illuminati crest. So there's that. And it's one of those things that's interesting because you see a lot of people like some some more prominent celebrities showing off like with you know making signs saying that they're they are flat out saying they're part of the illuminati those ones i think are complete crap some of them or like you said we've said before it could be we're going to be so overt about this people it's going to be you we're going to use this to debunk ourselves mm -hmm. right so we're going to have all these guys go out there who actually are in the illuminati just make a big deal about it you know like jay-z and Beyonce, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're definitely Illuminati. Well, maybe they are, or maybe they're not. But if they are, why are they out there doing that? Maybe it's so people can go, you're all crazy. Why, how could Jay-Z and you know, any of these other people be in the Illuminati? It's just a ruse. Yep. It's a and sick I think that's one of the things that they do a lot. It's, it's a lot of the, it goes back to what we talked about with you know propaganda. If I can get you to look over here, you're going to completely miss the the obvious it's right in front of your face so i think a lot of times you have these jay-z's like i'm illuminati and you're like yeah that's complete crap dude it, it's like i mentioned before like with alex jones i felt like alex jones was a ruse to make the rest of us look bad 
It's a sick game that they play. It's something that they've perfected. And most people who aren't paying attention or who who don't have their eyes open to this stuff, it just either goes right over their head or they are the ones who go, that's so crazy, dude. You are out of your mind. There's no way. And you say, but hey, he's saying I'm in the Illuminati. Well, that's just at first because he's punking you. Or it's one of those things where they said, okay, hey, you go ahead, Jay-Z. You're in the Illuminati now because they know he's going to come out and be like, I'm in the Illuminati and like, you know, flaunt it, which is going to once again take creditation, you know, credit away from everyone else where you're like, oh, the Illuminati is real. They're like, yeah, Jay-Z's in it. It's real. Right. You know, it makes it (laughs) seem like it's a farce, which that's what they're good at. They're good at, you know, that propaganda to make it. When you start saying, hey, this is real, people are like, oh, look at this over here. This makes it look completely stupid. No way. You know, and like I said, that's what I've always felt with Alex Jones. He always had those crazy, he jumped the shark. So whenever you say, hey, I'm into conspiracies, they're like, oh, you're like that Alex Jones dipshit. And I think they've had to alter and update their game over time as technology advanced mm-hmm. because back when rj reynolds is starting with the tobacco and the aluminum and a lot of that stuff you could pay off the newspapers were really the only thing going yeah you could control word of mouth and if you could control the press you controlled your the publicity and you got propaganda out and then as radio came in and tv came in you had to alter that by doing propaganda videos and you know paying off reporters not to report on things or whatever they did kind of operating still in the shadows but then when you got the internet and live streaming and all these different things. I think they had to adapt again, and I believe that's why you're seeing some of this stuff. Yep. And that brings me to this article, which actually has nothing to do with the Reynolds, but I believe it is pertinent to the topic because, as we were just talking about, there are Hollywood elites and there are musicians and all these that are involved in whether Ryan Reynolds is or isn't I don't know, but signs point to possibly. Then I found this article, and it just came out yesterday. This is titled, Justin Bieber, Facial Paralysis is Punishment for Exposing Illuminati Pedophilia. According to this article, in June, Bieber revealed he was suffering from facial paralysis, and that's true. I've seen it. It's his. I think it's his left eye that like stays shut and it won't open up. And he actually had to cancel a whole tour because he's ailing. His wife, Haley Bieber, is ailing from some unusual unknown ailment. So they're, they're having a tough time. Well, according to a Hollywood insider, he says this, that Bieber believes that their ailments are the physical manifestations of their efforts to break out of the Illuminati entertainment industry and break his contract with the, quote, Black Prince. Hmm. He has been trying to break free of the industry since 2017 when he told hundreds of people at a Bible study class in Los Angeles that he had, quote, woken up to the evils of the music industry. And he needed to get out because it was controlled by the absolute worst kind of people, pedophiles. So in 2017, he told, he told another group that he went to a party and he described this party as this. It was attended by the upper echelon of the music business, including executive VPs of development, producers, power agents, and international financiers. Bieber said he was encouraged to sexually abuse a young child who had been brought to the party for the sexual gratification of the industry elite. Quote, I didn't want to do this. I really didn't. They said this kid was drugged. It was horrible. Bieber said, explaining that it was made clear to him that he would gain entry to the, quote, business side of the industry if he joined the club by passing the initiation rights. Quote, he said, I wouldn't just be a performer. I'd be a mogul. That path would open, for, open up for me like it did for Jay-Z. He says it's the difference between being a millionaire and a billionaire. But Bieber told the congregation that he couldn't do it. He said to join the club, I'd have had to do bad things to this poor kid. But then I realized that even that wasn't enough for them. I'd also have to kill this little child. He also said he heard that they, quote, 
secretly film these parties, and once they've got you on video doing something like that, they own you. Mm -hmm. He did say, quote, that this kid was raped by a few different guys. They said he was bleeding. I got out of there, but I heard that he died, and that haunts me. So there you go. That's from Justin Bieber. And I know we've had Elijah Wood come out and talk about it, and then they shut him down. Corey Feldman, of course, talked about it. Uh, Mel Gibson famously talked about it. He he was the and one who Mel Gibson became a huge anti-Semite, and oh yeah, nobody wanted to listen to him about anything. They shut him down. He said, if I remember this correctly. He said that the Hollywood studios were drenched in the blood of innocent children, mm-hmm. and that baby blood is so popular, it was so popular in holiday or in Hollywood or something that it was basically currency. Again, not saying that I know these things for a fact, but these are interesting connections to make. And the Illuminati, who has supposedly not existed now for, it's been a couple hundred years, continues to come up in every generation in new ways in new manifestations, in new conversations, and people who are, every single person who comes out gets shut down, gets shut out, gets called crazy, and it is such a consistent pattern. I don't know how there can't be some legitimacy to it. There's got to be some. It's one of those things like we've talked about before and some of the other things where we've talked about where it's like, even if only 10% of this is real, it's enough to make this a problem. It's a huge problem. Because it's yeah. not just one thing, it's a myriad of problems. Like you said, even if 10% of each of these avenues are true, the money laundering, the, the satanic rituals, the the way they raise their kids, the way they you know, hide and guide their bloodlines, the way they manipulate business, manipulate governments, all working towards whatever it is that they want to control, which we believe is the new world order. It is a massive problem on all fronts. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people either can't believe it, refuse to believe it, or even acknowledge that it's a possibility, I think is part of the overall problem. And the propaganda that they have laid out has been so successful and they've spread themselves out around the world so successfully through trust and foundations and charities and all these things. They have done a good job of blinding the populace. Yeah. And or owning governments to where you're not allowed to look in their direction. That you you're not allowed to even question what's going on, and they do seem to have a pretty good grip on the on most of the world, if if not the entire world. And obviously, they haven't taken over, which is their long term plan. But they are in for the slow march. And if you just follow the history of these groups and look at where we're at today. It seems to me they get closer and closer, not further and further away. Yeah, they do. And it's scary. Oh, it terrifies me. It really does. I'm not... (laughs) I know we do this research, and a lot of times I roll my eyes, and I just present the facts as I see them. In all sincerity and in all honesty, this is a mind-blowingly terrifying topic because we're just well, scratching like we're just scratching the surface on these families right. oh we're just scratching the surface stuff that we can find and you got to think with how powerful these families are how much of this has been you know scrubbed from the internet and how, how much of stuff that we can't find and how many more there are which are considered minors and then just go mm-hmm. down 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 the chain yeah and if they're all working together in I guess collusion and getting directives from the top or they're even if they're just stooges and they're just they don't even know that they're that they're being 
manipulated and puppeted and involved. The fact that they are so duped into it, it is very concerning, I'm, I'm afraid. Hugely concerning. Do you find anything else you wanted to add about the Reynolds? I mean, no, just, I mean, I mean, there's the random stuff. I mean, that you can find the obvious, of course, they own the tobacco companies and all that. And they've been sued over and over again because, you know, all of us that have died because we smoked or chewed or whatever, which most of us have. I mean, I smoked for over 25 years. Yeah. A lot of people have, and a lot of people still do. And if you really look and dive into most of those lawsuits, they're, (laughs) they're covered by insurance or they're covered by it's not punishing it's more of a show it's a show punishment Mm -hmm. we're going to protect you right so we're going to protect you Uh, we have to do this because it looks good because the pressure's on and i think a lot of times it's a misdirection oh yeah big time you know because they don't they never shut them down yeah just oh hey you shouldn't do this this was bad actually the 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 dirty little secret is States and governments love tobacco because they can tax the crap out of them. People Mm -hmm. are going to use it, and it is a huge cash cow. They don't want them to go away. No, because if they go away, they're going to lose money. If you go buy a pack of cigarettes or a can of chew or whatever, over half of what you're paying is state and federal taxes off whatever you're buying. That is a massive income for them. They don't want it to go away, trust me. So when they, quote, go after the tobacco companies who also funnel tons of money into politicians and to lobbyists and everything, they really don't want it to go away. So don't buy that propaganda. Well, and the whole thing like right now with the, the you know, marijuana being legalized, a lot of that legalization also comes with taxes. Of course. That's why you get, you know, Colorado and Washington and all these states that say, yes, we're going to legalize pot. We're going to do it for everyone. Yes, yes, pot for everybody. It's taxed to hell. Oh, yeah, it's way more. If you look at the money that Colorado and Washington have made since they freaking legalized pot, it's huge. And this goes on worldwide. I I remember when I was living up there, and you remember this, you could only go to a state-run liquor store to buy liquor. Yes. You could buy beer and wine time. at the grocery store, but anything above that, well, the it was terribly, terribly run, inefficient. It was awful, and they they were hardly any around, <laughs> weren't open when you needed it. So we had a vote, and people voted to allow grocery stores and you know stores of certain sizes to carry it. Mm-hmm. That pissed the state off so much they invented two or three new tax. And so, yeah, you can buy it at the grocery store now, and all the state stores are shut down, but it's almost double because there's the bottle tax, they up the state tax, there's the store has to pay a certain amount of tax to carry it. And so, so you check out and you're like, wait a minute, this used to be 15 bucks and now it's close to 30. Yep. So this is how they, this is how they operate. This is how they run. And a, a lot of this stuff, they're cash cows. And I think the Illuminati skims off of that. And they also are part of the pressure campaigns, whether it be propaganda for or against whatever it is. Yeah, they give you everything that you you think you're getting what you want, but you end up getting actually like, you kind of get screwed. Well, it's Lucy pulling the football. Yeah. Not this time. We're going to let you kick it through the the goalpost. Yoink. And next thing you're on your back. Yeah, we're, we're going to, but it's one of those, you know, where it's like, hey, you can have all this, but just so you know that you have all this, but you're, you're you know, your next paycheck's going to be half of what it is right now because we're going to tax the hell out of you for letting you have this. Yeah. Yeah. That's nanny. And then government. if you do anything to take the money out of our pocket, like one of the big things we have up here in the, you know, in Washington right now that everyone's still pissed about, we voted to make, you know, our car tabs 30 bucks. And they said, yeah, no, you didn't know what you were voting for. You're dumb. So we're not going to let you have that. That's happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. Multiple times have you have voted up there for things like that. And that's always the excuse from the government. You did not know what you were voting on. Yeah. 
So you weren't smart enough to know what you voted for. So we're we're just not going to let you have that. And oh, by the way, we're the one who wrote the pamphlet that explained it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that that's our episode on the Reynolds, and I again go back to the beginning of the episode. I have to disagree with Fritz. I think they're a major player. Uh, I don't fault him for not putting him there. I just think that uh, limited information at the time from what he could find and their influence. We didn't even really get into the political side of things. They're very involved politically. Oh, very big. You know, they like all these families, they go into all these different government positions and they're on committees and they buy off politicians and uh, scandals galore. But you get the idea. And so, again, it's a launching point for you to go deep dive further into the Reynolds if you're interested. And you should deep dive, get farther into them. They're, they're definitely one of those ones that you've heard of them, but until you really look at them, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, it was a whoa kind of moment. So yeah. All right. Well, you have the, uh, the midweek edition and you have a birthday coming up this week. I do. I'm going to be, so old. you're a grandpa and yeah. a year older. Yes, I'll be next Friday. December 2nd is my, my 45th birthday. So if you're on, uh, what is it that you're on? What social media you're on? Um, Instagram. So if you're on Instagram or you want to send an email in to wish uh, Brandon a happy birthday, I encourage that. And looking forward to your midweek edition as always. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Right on. In the meantime, I'm Big D. And I'm Brandon. We're out of here. See you later.